Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Let's receive Bishop Boom, please. Let's stand up and give him a, a welcome. Thank you, thank you very much. You guys are awesome. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you. Please be seated. All right, you started that. God bless you guys. Well, I thank God for you guys. You guys are awesome. I thank God for you. And I, I appreciate, first of all, um, Pastor, you, and, and Sister Yvette. You guys are awesome. And, you know, I've been talking about it all week. Uh, weekend while we've been together about the standard and model that is being set here. Now, it's, it's, it's exemplary. I, I just got to say it. And um, I almost wanted to call some of my pastors just to come here Wednesday night just to see you after the message, after the service, uh, how you hanging out together. You know, see teenagers hanging out together. You know, just, you know, smiling and laughing. The little kids running around like they're running around and adults. And, but you know, you guys are actually a standard of the opposite of the way this general Christian world is going because they seem to want to go to church to hurry and get out of there. And it seems like that they don't love being together. So when I see what, what's happening with you guys, when you come together, the Bible says, forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together, as some has. It's like, listen, if you, so, so pastors, the fastest growing churches in America are churches that have services 80 minutes or less. Well, in Atlanta, this one pastor, as I mentioned Wednesday night, has a 45-minute service. And I was talking to a, and, uh, a black American guy who said he'd been, he'd been going to church all of his life. But he loves going to this one church in Atlanta because it's just 45 minutes. We're in and out of there in 45 minutes. It's great, man. I mean, if you don't like the people in church that much, why even go anyway? That's right. And, but, he, but the next thing is, if you don't like the people you're around in church, in earth, watch, did you, watch what the Bible says. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So I, I like asking the question, are the people who are going to be in heaven the same ones that are down here in the earth that you go to church with? So to me, if you don't like being around the people right here in earth, you're not going to like the people in heaven. Because he says, in earth as it is in heaven. So would that include you? So if you don't like the people here on the earth, then guess what? Are you included in the people that are unliked? See? And for me, the best place you can go after you leave your home is to be around the people of God. Yes! So, and there's nothing better than that, man. So I'd want to cultivate. So, you, you know, you may be used to this. I'm, I'm not used to it. And uh, I had it like, like this in Richmond, Virginia, where my leaders were so, so loving and the people were so into the word, into prayer, into 
you know, living a godly life that I said, man, if heaven is going to be better than this, I can't wait to go there. That's how, that's how powerful it was there in Richmond. So I decided that, wait a minute, I can't just love this church. I got to send these people, these leaders out to start churches in other cities so that we can multiply this environment. And that's what started me planting churches and sending these people in these different cities because what we were in authenticity, what we were in reality, we needed to multiply. It says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So that it wasn't just how many you get into the church, it's how many you can send out to multiply who you are. And so that's how we started planting churches. And I'll tell you something, this church reminds me of that. When I got down to Atlanta, I, de I definitely underestimated it. Uh, it was called Martin Luther King's uh, headquarters. It was like, I'm thinking, I mean, this is a man that articulated the global and national vision for, you know, the church on a hill where he saw all the races coming together and being one, being unified. So I'm thinking that, God, if you're sending me down to Atlanta, then I'm going to fulfill and complete because his was political and social reform. It was like races getting together, but the church need revival and transformation, not just uh, coming together, but transformation where they looked at God as their source. Well, what happened with the civil rights movement is that we changed, me, me the inner cities did, changed their allegiance from God to government. And that's what you are seeing today that we want to know, meaning many of the inner cities want to know who's going to be president so that they can think of who's going to help us the most. The authentic church should follow the standard of the creative order. The Lord Jesus, God said to Adam, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. Meaning you're a resource people. You, are, you produce environments that are what they should be. You produce uh, companies and you make cities better. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, fix it up, man. That's right. Don't mind interrupting me. Get that thing right. So... So that's, that's, that's what we, and Jesus said to his disciples, all authority has been given to me both in heaven and in earth. He says, therefore, go ye into all the world. And then he says, preach the gospel. And then he said, make disciples of nations. So the vision that God gives his 11 in, in Mark 16 was a global vision to change whole nations. So I could say to you right away, we should be thinking large. You should be thinking big. You should not be restricted to your culture or to your, to your uh, gender, or, or to your, uh, even in your education, because you can, you can grow. God is at hand in your life. Once you become a Christian, how could somebody who doesn't have Jesus Christ in their lives, who doesn't have God backing them, lead you? Because they don't have the same premises that you have. So that becomes the basis of what I'm going to talk about. I just wrote this book, and uh, I, I wanted you to see this video called... Uh, Black self-genocide, what Black Lives Matter won't say. And, and you see, because when you look at all the disenfranchisement, there is a mentality of entitlement, where when God is your father, then look, there is unlimited potential. And so therefore, I want to call you to this potential, but here's where I want you to think, this is what I want you to think as I load you up with scripture. And that is, you're not only being used in this life, you are going to live forever. 
you have to think about if God, if you went to heaven as a believer, what assignment could God give you based on your level of true spirituality? How much of the word really is working in your life? What's happening? Can you legitimately humble yourself? Now, what you may not know as, I, as you looked at that video is that Tony Evans was enfranchised by James Dobson. James Dobson helped him with uh, getting the gospel out. He saw he was, a, he was a good teacher of the word, and he helped him by, get on radio stations, and he helped him create uh, an administrative um, structure that would help him be able to know how to do fulfillment, how to do books, and, and how to do his monthly publication. This was Dobson believing in it, and at that time gave him over a million dollars also to help him buy the time on those radio stations. Well, in the black community, numbers of black guys were calling him the white man's boy. And they were criticizing him and not actually appreciating him that God's hand was on him. So I knew that, like what those archbishops said to me, that why have not more black Americans come to Africa to help us? And what they didn't realize is that we were still having a need-based, disenfranchised mentality. But this is why they said we hadn't come. They said, you haven't forgiven us for selling you to slavery. That was the number one reason they felt black Americans have not come to Africa to help them. Number two, they said, because you think you're better than we are because you were born in America. Number three, they said, you think that we're not worth it. We still are monkeys hanging on trees. This is what those archbishops said to me. But they didn't realize that the disenfranchisement, the tribal wars that was going on in Africa became the gang warfares that go on in America because there was no reconciliation between blacks and blacks because of their history goes back to African disenfranchisement. Some of those that were sold to slavery were bound into these tribes to pay off the debt of the conquering tribes, they sold them to the Arabs and then to the, the Portuguese and then to the Dutch. Uh, you understand? Then uh, the English and then America took slavery and the slave trade to a whole nother level. And uh, so England dealt with slavery by the preaching of William Wilberforce. And he pricked the conscience of, the, of that country, and they ended the slave trade there in 1833. But America refused to deal with slavery, and God brought a revival, though, to slavery. Uh, the 1857, really, awakening led by Jeremiah Lanfear. When I was here last time, I taught and told you about that great awakening. But for two years, this nation was shaken by the power and spirit of God, and yet we didn't end slavery in the South. So the principle was what you wouldn't do by revelation, the great awakening of 1857, you would do by tribulation. Said another way, what America refused to do by Christ's bloodshed, they did do by their own bloodshed. Follow me closely. This is just my pre-talk to the message. See, there's a reason for all the things that you see going on in the culture. It's, the Bible says the, 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 um, the curse 
causeless does not come. Meaning for every upheaval that you see in a country or in a family line, there's a cause, there's a starting place for it. As a matter of fact, what, in Deuteronomy 20, it says the wrath of God visits the third and fourth generation. That means the previous generation did something that offended God and that generation didn't get that judgment off of them, so it just carries on to the succeeding generation. Somebody has to go back to the root and find out how did this curse happen? Why is my family bound with sickle and cell anemia? Why do we have alcoholism in our family line? There is a reason. There's a curse. Causeless does not come. You got to find the cause. So what I'm talking to you about is the cause of the disenfranchisement between blacks and whites in this nation does not go back primarily to whites. It goes back to black tribal division. And so when you end all the white-black division, you still got the ghetto, and this is, a, this is a real number. White policemen killed in the last year about 1,100, and some studies show, blacks in the United States. But when you do the study on how many blacks killed blacks, it was around 11,000. So blacks killed themselves 10 times more than white policemen have killed them. So if, if this football player gets on his knees and won't stand up for the national anthem and disrespect America, then what about what's going on amongst yourselves? When in the black universities, James Weldon Johnson's lift every voice and sing, that's called the black national anthem. James Weldon Johnson wrote this song so do the black community say we're not going to stand up when that's sung. Because why? Because there's too many blacks killing blacks. We, don't, we, we, we would be hypocrites. And that's the same kind of hypocrisy I was talking about on that video 20 years ago. So, but how do you correct the historical past? You have to, number one, have an opposite spirit. So, I, I taught you Wednesday night about the snake's bite, the serpent's bite. And because I said if you step on a snake, it will bite you. You step on a worm, it's easily crushed. One is exaltation, the other is humiliation. Well, Jesus says, just as I've washed your feet, John 13, you ought to wash one another's feet. And he said this to his disciples. He said, you see what I've done to you? Do you know what I've done to you? So watch. So the missing sacrament of the church, first sacrament is the sacrament of baptism. The second sacrament is the sacrament of communion. Those are sacraments. That means these, this is the big time stuff right there. It's when uh, the, 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 both of those, both the baptism of water and then the communion represent death. It's called, they're called bloodless martyrdom. The emphasis of it is humility, voluntary humiliation. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the same thing, bloodless martyrdom. He said, you receive power after that the Holy Ghost will come upon you to be witnesses. In other words, the Holy Ghost will not come and immerse you into the spirit unless you want to die to the flesh. You've been born again 
Now, what does it take to function as a child of God? Well, you have to thirst. If any man thirsts, see, salvation as to as many as received him, to give him gave he power to become the sons of man, uh, sons of God. But the immersion of the Holy Ghost comes for a different level. There's a difference between your hunger and thirst. Hunger, you can go 40 days. Without water, I wouldn't advise you to go any more than three days. You could die pretty quick. Thirst is a different level of desire than hunger. You don't understand that. I'm just, this is my poor talk still. So when you, when you thirst for the Holy Ghost, he tries the reins. He sees that you really want to lose your life, that's bloodless martyrdom, to find his life. The Holy Spirit didn't come just to come into you. He's come to take you over. Absolutely. And so he wants that for you to live and move and have your being, you have it in God. So that the only explanation for the life you live is that you must be a child of God. You may be in the world, but there's something about you that's other. You're from another world, and this is actually the truth. My Father, I bless you and praise you now so much for your word and for this, your people. And I thank you that they have ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart that's good ground for transformation. As I left off teaching them out of Luke uh, uh, 22 uh, yesterday, Wednesday night, Lord, I pray that those who weren't here would go back and listen to this. And Lord, as I give them the scripture now, let them see the eternal realities that will take them above the trials of this life. And that no trial is worthy of them. You said you will not allow them in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 to be tempted above that they're able. And Lord, that says that for every trial we have, we have an anointing to rise above them. And I thank you that this is a victorious church, powerful people of God, anointed by the Spirit to do things that no one else can do unless they have this level of dedication. I glorify you now. And by the Spirit, I look, Lord, to those on the Internet, those that are live streamed now, those that hear me pray this prayer, Lord, that you would capture them by an anointing from the Holy Ghost, that they would see what you want out of their lives, that they wouldn't die until your will is fulfilled, that they would hear your voice and know that God has spoken, and therefore they live based on the spoken word of God. And we give you glory for it now. No one dying listening to this prayer prematurely. No one allowing sickness to stay and abide in their bodies when their bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost, that they would rise up large and do your will, and that they would be so much exceptionality in their will that they are amazing, the people around them. I pray for a new anointing, a sense of the holiness of God, a sense of the sense of the divinity would come upon them, that they would have a sense of the sacredness of God upon their lives and family. Thank you so much, Lord. You heard my prayer. You're doing it today. And in Jesus' name I pray. And all the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Turn to 1 Peter 1.23 with me just for a minute. 1 Peter 1.23. I have the New Living Translation, but I would appreciate it if you put up on the board the King James for me. Because I want you to see this uh, in, the, in the King James. I'm going to read it out of the New Living while they're finding it in the King James. 
Uh, it says in 23, 1 Peter 1, 23, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will, that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Um, are you there? Okay, look what the King James says. Now, this is why I have some issues with uh, the living translation because I want to clearly show you there's a significant difference in what, how you would interpret this. Look what it says. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Now, the verb tense is continuous tense, being born again. That has to do with Romans 12. Keep it there, but I'm going to quote them. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In both cases, the subject is understood. It says in Romans 12, 1, you be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, look at this, and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I don't hardly know anybody that would say I'm in the perfect will of God. Well, well, I would ask them a further question then. Are you on your way there, though? Do you have a desire to live in the perfect will of God? Is there a perfecting process going on in you? Well, if it says being born again, not of corruptible seed. But now watch. Corrupt, you're not born of corruptible seed. Now, what's going on in Africa right now with the leaders? Well, one of the challenges right now is that we're moving from China in terms of the economic servant continent to now Africa. It was in India that was a servant, servant nation of, our, of this country, of the, of, the globe, of the globe. They were doing all these industries. They still are known uh, significantly for doing things on the, what you call the internet, that world. They still are very smart in math and science, and they still do a lot of work uh, from that country. But it transferred from them to China. China became the service continent. And so right now, you look at almost anything made, it's China. But what's happened is a few years ago, it began to transition now from India to China, now to Africa. So Africa is becoming the new service continent of the globe. Now, so, so what's happening there in those countries is that, is that one main problem. What, is you, what are we talking about? Corruption in the leadership. So this is one of the reasons why the people in Havana, little Havana, was praising and shouting because under the Cuban leader, one of the words given toward him was corrupt. And what do you mean corrupt? That means here he was a leader to make the people better, to provide for the people, to create a system, both not just an economic system, but a sense of freedom, the sense of, of potential for people to grow, to become better people, to become servant people, to love unconditionally, to create environments that was that was so awesome, you want to live. So when, a, when even in, in some areas, if you live in a certain subdivision, that builder who designed the subdivision designed the subdivision based upon a certain mentality that people who want to move there would have. So he does the housing a certain way. They would not only are a certain economic level, the design of everything, how the, the face of the subdivision looks that would make you want to come in there. And then when you look at how the the HOA, the, the people who do the, the, the flowers and all that, they, they keep it up a certain way because it would match somebody's standard. That builder has to say, somebody 
want to move into this subdivision. So he's not building that subdivision so that you would hate it. He's building it so you would love it. So he has to project out in his mind that certain people are going to love moving here. And so uh, that's, that's what happens. But look, as far as you're concerned, though, watch this. What subdivision is suitable to you? What, what is God building? Says in John 14, in my father's house are many mansions. Uh, Jesus is going to prepare for us housing, meaning places where we're going to exist, that matches a desire in our heart. And so, but it's going to be so awesome, he calls it a mansion. It's a dwelling place. But you got to grow to that level of Jesus' competency because he's not going to build some little ghetto level environment that matches a poverty mentality. Because death is swallowed up with life. Now, so watch. So he says, you're born not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. Now, watch this. So do you believe you're incapable of being corrupted? Selah. Selah, just for a minute. Because why? Only an incorruptible seed or an incorruptible person can change a corrupt president of a country. So the challenge of, say, Africa will be a believer who is submitted to God at the right level to have access to a corrupt leader where when that leader meets you, his desire for who you are becomes greater than his desire of what he is. When corruption is, is, comes it encounters incorruption. Incorruption is an everlasting value. Only the godly can really change the ungodly. So some, some person coined this phrase, changed people, changed people. Now we just had the mayor of Doral here. And so the assumption is I can lead you if you live in Doral. The assumption is that I should be direct this city and therefore create a staff, uh, have priorities, principles. In this case now, he's God-honoring. So he's saying that my priorities are going to be backed by God and that the Holy Spirit is sent here to help me fulfill divine destiny for the sake of raising up a godly people so that the whole city would be known as a godly city based on who he says he is and his wife who is also when a man finds a wife he finds a good thing this woman is his kingmaker woman in other words just as God brought the woman made the woman and brought her to Adam God brought that woman to him so that she supports and compliments you can saw how, see how Yvette that while the pastor was up here talking she kept coming up she when he was over there she went over there and she reminded him of some stuff so he would you know be able to stay in there at the right level to make sure he did the things she was his helpmate. then when he was standing up here she gave him another word standing up here and but look but if he didn't understand two is better than one if he was so arrogant into himself he'd say well woman just stay seated there I got it but he wouldn't have gotten it you'd have missed a couple things but his wife was there to help him. That's how God made the woman, that, to, to be a helpmate. So what she gave him made him look good, made him better, made him more uh, conscientious. Not that he didn't have it in his mind, 
but she made sure it was on the front of his mind and made it different. So look at this again. Let me go back to this. So being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. Now, do you believe you are incapable of being corrupted? Let's deal with what it says. My overall theme is eternity training. See, What do you mean? Because the corrupt will not inherit the kingdom of God. The incorruptible will inherit the kingdom. So watch. So I was in this church recently, and it was a rather large church, and uh, I said to it, how many of you did not sin all day today? Let me see your hands up real high. And then, of course, none of them raised their hands. And then I just went a little further with it. How many of you didn't, you, you didn't sin for the whole week? And of course, no one raised their hands then. So then I said, well, let me ask you this. If you sin, what was the sin? Because he, they're going to have to give account in a great day for their sin. And I said, what was it? Now, Jesus, one of the names he's called, is the rock of offense. That means if I'm talking to you in some measure and I don't offend you somewhere, then I haven't located your sin area. See? In other words, if you, on all your discretionary time, only do what you want to do rather than do what God wants you to do, then you should take God's place. But if you are the created and he's the uncreated and he made you for him, it's not about you praying to get God to do what you want. It's about you finding out what God wants to do in your life and you're praying so that you might fulfill his will. Because if you fulfill God's will, God says, I'm going to give you reward for doing what I want you to do. This doesn't even seem to be fair. You do God's will, he sends the Holy Ghost to help you, and then gives you a reward eternally for doing something you should have done anyway. It's got to be awesome. It's got to be awesome to think about it. But beyond that, let's go back to incorruptible. So one is you want God to use me to find out where you're sinning. You want conviction. Every time your pastor gets up, you want him to find someplace in your life where there is corruption, meaning that there's something. Watch, let me just go ahead and be honest with you about it. First John 2 says, if a man says he's without sin, he's a liar, and the truth is not in him. So you got to say, okay, God, where am I sinning? It could be in terms of your, your giving habits. You know you should give more financially. You, you know that your money is not really your money. You're just a steward of it. It's God's money. But you spend it on what you want while God says the gold is mine, the silver is mine. So it's not ownership of your money. It's stewardship. It's God's money. It's always God's money. So you ask God, God, what, what do you want me to do with it? So, you know, I go around this country and I talk about your church. And you know why I talk about, you know what I say? I said stuff like, his son heard me up in Maryland say this same thing. He says, why should I give you a message on giving every Sunday when you already know what to do? That's your pastor. He says, what? see what I'm saying? He says, why should I tell you twice for what you already heard once? That's 
You hear this? So you just do the word. Now watch. I don't hardly know of five churches that trust his people like that. No matter how large the church is, they all want to give you a message on giving as though you are not a doer of the word. You're just a hearer only. There is something exceptional. There is something incorruptible about you. Paul says the love of money is the root of all evil. So therefore, when money becomes a priority in your life, to that degree, you're corrupt. See? Giving has to be the priority of your life so that it's nothing but a tool that God uses to get his will done. To people who devote themselves to God's will, God says, I'm going to give them crazy money. I'm going to give them uncountable money. But just to hold the money. See, God may cause you, like, for example, I'm, I'm over here in this hotel. It's, 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 it's uh, Trump's hotel. I understand it's his family hotel. And one of the people when I was there the last time, they said, well, this is one of the few properties that his family owns. That he, it's not just his brand name. He owns it. So they're going to keep that for generational um, transfer. So his sons and his daughters and all of them, they were on that, that whole line. So guess what? When I looked at the standard, I mean, I stayed in Intercontinentals. I stayed in Rich Carlton's. I stayed in Hyatt Regencies. I've stayed in um, Four Seasons. And, and I've been in great results of all these places. But look, that standard over there is a serious standard. And uh, Doral, it's a serious standard. Watch. It shouldn't be more serious than a man or woman's of God standard. Because we, you are sons and daughters of the creator of standards. And then God said, I'm not just going to let you have a great standard. You are a great standard. Why? What do you mean? You are an incorruptible. That means if you're a young lady and a man comes up to you and he says, girl... You are something fine up in here. Look at here. You ain't looking at him and smiling and saying, ha, 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 that's very nice. You immediately know what he's after. He's complimenting your externals. Now, did you dress for the compliment? Is he talking about your clothes or are you talking about the lack of them? Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching good. So this is what I'm talking about with women, and particularly Hispanic women. Don't you follow the ghetto because I mentioned Wednesday that this one president's wife said, you know, when she comes back, she would like to be Beyonce. Now, I know this could go all over the world right here. But and then I said, you mean Beyonce? You mean you want now if I'm married to my wife and my wife was a singer, you think I want my wife wearing stuff? where she has on like bikini level stuff and showing her thighs and doing the booty shake and doing all that like she's having sex with the world. That's, that's a familiar spirit. That's the spirit of whoredoms. They, don't, they may not understand it. She may not be trying to do that, but it still implies it. You think I want every man in the world wanting my wife and she's enticing them? Well, let me tell you something, dude. No matter how good you think you are, there's some dude that can get her. You ain't all that. You're not better than every dude. There's some dude that knows exactly what to say to your woman to take her from you. That's way better than your response. Way better. Way better. See, these dudes got quiet now. They got real quiet right there. See? Don't dress 
women for every man, dress for a man. Amen. Hear that? So when you put on modesty, it says, wear, you wear modesty. You're not trying to show all your stuff like that. You're not a prostitute. You're not trying to look like that. You, 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 wear, you put on the clothing of virtue. You, you think that your man, the godly man you want, can't tell you're fine underneath clothes without you wearing the, the, the bikini shorts and the pants are so tight you got to pry them off of you? I always wonder, how you get the jeans on or off? Right? You're pulling it, you're pulling it, you're doing all that to get them on. And when you button it and look in the mirror and you see your underwear prints, you can't tell? Take them things off, girl, and put on something more complimentary. You're not something. Put them things off. I know you don't like it. You're like, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Anyway, I'm a granddaddy. I'm a granddaddy. I don't want no dude lusting after my children. I don't want them. Uh-uh. But your man will see you for the stuff that lasts. Now, my woman, look, she was skinny just like that. She had a stroke 13 years ago. She was skinny, but she still didn't wear that kind of stuff. She had a stroke. The pills she had, the pills, they make her large right now. The pills make her large. But look, the values that she has that I love is way greater than how she looks in terms of that. This is a wonder, awesome woman, man. She sees me. Look, and anyway, give the bones to the dogs. Give me a woman with some meat around here. That's right. Glory to God. She don't like me saying that, but I say it. Okay, I got to close. I got to close. I got to close. I got to close. Glory to God. Never am embarrassed about her. I take her to the stores to get whatever she wants. She goes to stores much underneath what I would buy for her. When I was 30th, I bought her five carat diamond, not because the diamond made her look good. She makes the diamonds look good. Oh, that's a bad woman right here. That's an awesome woman. And in the previous ring, I said, you can get little ringettes and put them on your toes, baby. I don't care. Why? She's the awesome thing. Ain't no thing worth more than she's worth. She's one awesome woman. And so look, incorruptible. Say, I'm incorruptible. I cannot be influenced by the world. I'm influenced by God. Say it. That's you. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, meaning that whether you're at the level or not, there's a seed inside of you that wants to grow. Amen. Now watch. you got to feed yourself the food that makes the incorruptible seed grow. So the reason I'm talking to you about eternity training, about heaven, is that Christ says, God says, I'm going to look for a glorious church that has not spot nor wrinkle nor any such thing. That's the woman he's going to marry. That's the bride. That's the church, the new Jerusalem. That's you. There's something about you that by the word you feed you, by the food you eat, you are being cleansed. Look, you don't always see it. Look, because God, the word of God created the entire heavens. You couldn't even understand it all. But it's, it's inside of you. There's an incorruptible seed working inside of you. The Bible says it this way. Christ in you, Colossians 1.27, the hope of glory. I gave the mayor's wife one of my books called Dare to Hope. I gave it to her. Why? Because hope is an eternal value. For, for a person to commit suicide, and I was at a church just in Wisconsin just two weeks ago, 
where one of the people in that church committed suicide and his wife was so corrupt that she would say to her husband all the time, die, why don't you kill yourself? Die, die, I hope you die. And this man in the church was one of the incredible servants in the church. You know what he ended up doing? Killing himself. At the funeral, which one of my bishops officiated over the funeral, the woman lost it, his wife. She screamed and hollered it had to be taken out because the guilt of what she said to her. And then finally, she ran up to, she lost it. She ran up to the, she says to, the, to him while he was laying there in the um, casket saying, you finally won. So you won. So you won. You finally won. She's lost. She was gone. See, incorruption, watch, should have dominated her life. She used to work in the church. Watch. She had a form of God, but she denied the power of it. There is a seed in you you got to feed. You can't just read the Bible every now and then. You can't just ask always on the solution side. When I prayed with my wife this morning, I don't know if she noticed, not one thing that I pray about that related to something I wanted God to do for us on a need level. Everything I prayed about was about what we could do for God on the side of giving ourselves away, on the side of believing for an eternal reality to work in our lives, on the side of blessing a nation, on the side of increasing somebody else's life. Not about what God can do for us. Give us a larger house. Give us a car. You know, make our children. No, not even for the children. No, nevertheless, not our will. Thy will be done. What's the will of God? Is that incorruption would grow in you. Incorruption. Now, the next service, I'm going to have to go to John 15. And in John 15, but let me quote to you John 3:16. God, come on, so love the world. Go ahead. Hey. Go ahead. Believe in it. Show not what? Perish, but have what? That's the incorruption. See, you are made to live forever. Yes, sir. And you, to perish means to cease to exist. The only thing that should cease to exist is the fleshly life. But the God life inside of you is rising up large. The God life inside of you is taking over cities and it's taking over communities and it's taking over nations. This world changes. We're changing the world. Well, first of all, watch. God wants to get the world out of you so that the only thing you have to give is the God in you. Changing the world means changing you. As Christ changes you, there's something inside of you that could change a city around. Yes, you can take over a company, not just get a good job in the country. Look, God can give you an eternal mentality and you're thinking for first time ever of what? Of owning the company you work for. Now watch. Let's admit it. This particular president-elect was just like they said, unqualified. He wasn't presidential. He didn't know much about foreign affairs. He didn't know much about the military. He didn't know much about governing. I mean, he's the classic unprofessional governmental leader. 
But, but what are you talking about? There's a God factor. And the God factor was, look, I'm going to do like I did David. I'm going to take him from the backside of the mountain, and I'm going to bring him up to the front. I'm going to do him like I did Joseph. I'm going to let him be sold as, as a slave and put in prison, unqualified to the world, but I can bring you forth. You know what this man is? He's a prophetic witness that in every area where you are not qualified, God has let you know that he can take you from nowhere and bring you somewhere, and the world can't even see you. I'm closing. I'm going if I'd be closing. So what? So as a faith believer, don't get caught up in what I said earlier. I'm going to wait and see. One of my leaders said that to me about a week ago. I said, wait and see what? I'm going to wait and see how he's going to do. So I said, you're not praying for him then, huh? See, I said it to you. So we walk by what? Faith, faith what? Not by sight. I'm not waiting to see nothing. My faith is going to cause him to rise up and be the example of what I'm praying. That's what he's going to be. What is happening for God in the earth is a result of somebody who sees what God wants to do and prays that out to God. Your future is your revelation. Your revelation becomes your prayer. And whatever God has you praying for becomes your priority. Amen. Did you get all that? Yes. Otherwise, get the tape. No big deal. <laughs> I'm going to pray over you now. I love you, people. I, you just, I just do. And there's something awesome about you. Don't you let anybody put you down. But continually let God cleanse you from uh, incompetence. Let him cleanse you from a failure mentality. Let, it, let him cleanse you from people saying you can't. I can, you can do all things through Christ. The bottom line is, is Christ your bottom line? If he's your bottom line, nobody can set a ceiling for you. If you can get to heaven in prayer, you can rise anywhere in the earth that God wants you to rise to. I'm saying you're called to rise. My Father, I pray for every person here under the sound of my voice. Oh, Lord, I pray for every person even looking, looking by way of the internet, they're on, they're looking, but they, they, they failed you because they've lost their faith. But by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed so that the things which are seen, which are made, were not made from the things which are seen. You are the maker of the earth. But more importantly, Lord, you are the maker of what these people are ordained to be. I pray they would clearly see your vision. And Lord, as I've canceled the assignment of the devil against them, may they arise now and be the champions that this man of God has declared for springs of life. They're going to spring now like never before. Companies are going to grow. Men of God are going to get revelation. Women of God are going to be the examples like never before. I give you glory for it already in advance. We thank you for it. And Lord, I declare, even though this is a church that they don't care about buildings and things. I saw a vision uh, for a building, a, literally a campus for this place. And that, Lord, you brought in the people that, that just like he doesn't do tithes and offering, the, the people said, we got the money already, Pastor. You don't have to raise an offering. The money is already here. And God has spoke to me to give the money to build a campus so we can train the emerging new leaders in every area of life. 
is my prayer. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, amen. amen. Slap, give somebody a high five over there on the right side of you. God bless you. Glory to God. Glory to God.